Hi, Scott here. Just a quick thing before we roll into the episode. Just recently, I've put together this little uh, free guide for DIY indie labels that basically takes a lot of the knowledge and wisdom that I've heard from these label owners and managers that I've interviewed through these episodes, I distill some of that information and I put it into this little PDF that you can get by going to otherrecordlabels.com. I think you'll find it really helpful. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. It's a free guide. So make sure you go to otherrecordlabels.com to check it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Other Record Labels. I'm Scott Orr. Today's episode is very exciting and we're back from a tiny little break over the summer. Our, our 13th episode is here and, and I'll tell you before, we, before I get into what we're doing today, um, there are some great uh, labels that I've been in touch with and a little bit of a, a, little bit of a pivot um, when it comes to the, the people at the labels that I'm, I'm speaking with and, and that's something I'm working on this fall, but there's more great episodes um, coming up. Uh, please subscribe. Um, if you have any questions or suggestions, you can email me at podcast at otherrecordlabels.com. Today's episode is with someone who I have been knocking on their door for the past eight or nine months and they finally answered. Um, so I'm so excited to talk today with Jesse Frick of Father Daughter Records. And if you're in the indie music scene, uh, or if you're anything like me, this is a label that you've admired and, and looked up to. Um, and so it's such a privilege to have Jesse on the show today. I'm sorry it took me so long to go through my emails. That's I okay. You would have responded faster. I honestly, I think this is like the respectable amount of time for someone to respond to like a request. You know what I mean? Like, if I was asking, if I was like Coca-Cola asking to have one of your songs in a million dollar ad, I'm, you know, I'm sure you'd get back to me sooner, but I just, I'm, I just appreciate it. Cause I know how many emails of different things like this, I'm sure you get. Um, probably not as many as, as you're expecting. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe let's say a hundred a day. Is that fair? Uh, no, definitely not that many. <laughs> and I like, I like talking to, like, I like like shooting the shit about, you know, these yeah. kinds of things. So like I try to do, if anyone asks me, I'll talk. Oh, that's great. I appreciate it. Well, and I've said, but, this- but to make you feel better. No, I don't say yes to everybody. Oh, this is, this is very special. That's nice. That, that does make me feel better. Thank you. We'll just end it here. Let's just end it here. Yeah. Done. You've been really transparent on Twitter, which I appreciate. I love, and I know, I actually know a, a lot of other indie labels who really appreciate it. Um, you've been transparent with how hard it is running an independent label. You've even admitted that you frequently consider closing up shop. What, what keeps you going? Like what renews your passion every day? I mean, I think it just comes down to like the artists that we work with. Like, yeah, we're not the only independent label and I hope to God that people continue to like, there's people out there that want to get into the independent music space and, and, champion these artists and it doesn't just become a bunch of like gatekeepers at huge mm. companies. And then, you know, there's all these underground, I mean, like it's, there's always been an underground and people have promoted themselves in whatever ways and means possible. Um, but right now I feel like for smaller labels, it's hard because you're, you're competing against there's, there's a trend lately where I feel like bigger indies are signing and going after artists that, labels like us would work with and they probably 
ignore us for years and then it would take it would take so much longer for those artists to develop themselves before they got on the radar of these bigger indies and now it's like we're all kind of talking to the same artists which is cool for the artists but so much harder for people that run labels like ours. Are they being poached? Are, are like, are you saying like for the sophomore record, like the, they're going to a major or is it right at the beginning? Uh, I mean, we've definitely talked to artists that are talking to major indies at the same time that hmm. we are. Wow. Uh, I, and I think that's just because people are realizing that you really need to be invested with these artists from the start. And that's, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for people that are going to like, don't be interested in me when I'm like hot, like where were you a couple years ago when I was making just as interesting music? Yeah. uh, But you, I wasn't on your radar. Yeah. Um, So yeah, we've, I mean, I've definitely seen like A&R from bigger indie labels, uh, looking at smaller labels Hmm. and like, you know, who they're working with and and what's working and what's not in addition to just doing like, you know, their regular a and Ring, like looking at data and radio and streaming and and stuff like that. But I feel like we've labels, our size have kind of become a little bit of like a bookmark for, for bigger (laughs) labels. Does that change where you go to look for bands then? Do you go back even further? Mm, Not really. I, I, I mean, I feel like we come across artists that we love and we really believe in and we see that they have like a drive to make this more of like a career than just like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't stop us from talking to anybody. I mean, right. the worst case is that someone just says no. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Uh, it- so. Yeah, I don't know. It hasn't really changed anything. I mean, I think it's like a little bit more daunting for a label like us because like what we can offer in terms of resources and uh, like a financial backing is is obviously like we can't match these bigger labels that that have that have been around for way longer, have bigger back catalogs. So they have just more revenue coming in and, you know, people working with majors for distro and funding and stuff like that. It just it makes it a little more challenging. Well, is 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 indie cred a thing like i mean i would imagine that there if a label if an artist says that they're signed to a um a a great indie label like yours um versus uh, a more generic you know major label like does that have any um clout at all to artists i mean every artist wants something different i mean some people like understand that building a foundation whether it's like locally or with like more of like an underground music community like that's going to be important to their like long-term goals Hmm. other people just want to skip that and get straight to like being famous and making money um so yeah it just it depends on who it is like it depends on them and their team and their manager and like how we're gonna build this is it something that we're like cool with the slow burn is this something where like we released a single and it blew up and radio's playing it. And now major labels are knocking down our door and yeah. like, it makes more sense to go in that direction. Yeah. Um, our, it's all different. I, I want to, uh, sorry, I'm going, I'm, I'm following this tangent a little bit. It's just, I find it kind of interesting, but are major labels doing a good job with these indies? Like if they are signing them, um, is it, is it working out? 
I mean, I don't deal with like major labels all that much. I think they're on like a completely different level than right. what we do because they, oh, okay. they're definitely more dr- data driven. Okay. But like the major indies, you know, oh, like I your see what you're saying. Doors, your like sub pops. Oh, like, okay. Like that. Okay. Um, I mean, they know what the hell they're doing. They right. were in our position at one point, yeah, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Right. That's interesting. So, you know, you would, so I want to go back to your, you know, kind of your outlook. Do you have, uh, um, do you have a positive outlook on the music scene today? I mean, I feel like there's like way more opportunities for developing new artists for sure. Like, you know, there's people that are looking at them at labels that they maybe never thought that they'd have a chance at Hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, I think it's like a, it's a great time. It's a great time. It's also a terrible time to try to make music. (laughs) But I think that that's kind of before the internet, like it was even terrible back then because like, how do you get heard? And now we have the internet and now everyone could hear you. But now there's just so much noise. How do you stand out? That's so true. there's, There's always challenges. Um, but I think with streaming the internet, uh, it just, it makes it, it makes life, uh, marketing, PR booking, like it, it gives so many more opportunities to an artist either to do it themselves or to do it on a smaller scale and grow things themselves. Whereas before there was like literally gatekeepers that you had to get through in right. order to make it to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of things would you like to see happen in the music industry that, that would make things better for, for indie artists and, and for small labels? That's a good question. Um, I don't, I, I mean, honestly, from a label perspective, it really does all come down to money. You know, mm. like we had more money, the things that we could do, mm. um, radio, marketing, advertising, things like that, which like you really do need to have budgets for right. all of those things yeah. in addition to manufacturing and production and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, do you so need- I don't know, I guess, I guess like maybe like if they're, if like these bigger indies are like actually looking to these smaller labels and seeing that they're like, you know, they're, they're, they have their finger on the pulse, investing more in the labels, not so much like trying to poach their artists and wow. just leave them in the dust. <laughs> wow. That's a good point. Like a farm team. Yeah. And just like, I mean, I, I, I don't know like how these labels operated at their inception and I'm sure like people were just doing the exact same thing to them, but you know, kind of making a change saying, seeing like, okay, well I wish somebody had been like this when I was coming about and could have really like inspired me and help us grow things right? as opposed to just trying to take our artist away from us. Yeah. Um, and just like changing the landscape going forward. Um, but you know, that's also me speaking as a label, like, I feel like the artists are really benefiting from the fact that there's like so many labels, uh, radio. I mean, streaming radio has been like super helpful and like people getting their music out there and like Zane Lowe and Hugh Stevens and Mm. all these like radio DJs that are really giving chances to developing acts as opposed to like top 40 radio back in the day. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things I love about, Spotify is that there is a, or, or I should say about the playlist world is that there's now a legitimate playlist with a a big group of listeners for 
you know, ambient music or for bedroom pop, you know, or, or for lo-fi music, whereas there w- just wasn't those channels 10 years ago. Yeah, it was all in like underground mm-hmm. message boards and stuff, and yeah. scenes and stuff like that. I mean, like ugh, streaming, I'm I'm very wishy washy on because there okay. are still gatekeepers. Right. There are still a limited amount of slots on these playlists. Mm-hmm. You do have to fight through the noise to get people's attention. Mm-hmm. They do tend to show more uh, attention to songs that are affiliated with major labels or like it's just it's hard for like an independent label and their artists to really break through and to, to get sort of even a a smidgen of the same amount of placement that some of these major label affiliated artists have. Um, I know, I know Drake's having a hard time. They're not, they're not paying attention to him enough. Yeah. It's, it's it's (laughs) a tough time to be Drake right now. (laughs) Is it, I'm curious for like a, a more established label like yourself, is it, um, I find with with Spotify, there's nothing that I can depend on. I can release a single or an album and just hope that something gets picked up. But if it doesn't, then it's the difference between that album making money and the album not making money. Is it unpredictable at your level? Well, it's unpredictable, but also like uh, you have to be somewhat strategic about it. I mean, you can't like try to pitch your songs to get on like new music Friday right. or like the best of the week on Apple, because like the, sh- the chances of that are very slim to none. I think you need to like be strategic about like which playlist you're pitching for and okay. start with like the smaller ones and build your, build your numbers up in mm. order to, you know, see placement go on like bigger playlists. Right. Um, my, I've always just like looked at releasing something in like as a whole, like, don't just focus on one thing, mm-hmm. you know, get it on, get, try to get placement on smaller playlists, but also service it to like press both major press and, and indie smaller right. blogs and stuff. Higher college radio, college radio is still really important. Totally. Totally. Those kids go to shows, those kids buy records, those mm-hmm. kids will share stuff on Reddit or their social media mm-hmm. or whatever. I still think it's really important. Um, like just being strategic about like, okay, you know, what, what kind of artist you're dealing with, what kind of music it is, where do you think their audience is, but also not just like micro focusing on just one thing. Mm. And that's like, you're, you're like, if we don't get this, the whole campaign's going to be shot. Like right. you have to, you have to be fluid in everything and, and see like how get landing something might lead to something else in like a completely different lane. And I, I think that's uh, that's great advice, and that's something that a um, a publicist friend of mine told me a couple years ago that was really enlightening, and it, it kind of took a lot of the pressure off. And it's like, pay attention to the really small blogs, pay attention to the 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 blogs that maybe just started this semester in college, and and pay attention to. Um, you know, the, like you said, college radio, the local university radio, and so many different facets that all kind of funnel into the album living a, you know, a life for the, during its release cycle, you know? So uh, somebody gave me that advice and I think, you know, that's kind of what you're saying. And uh, I think it takes a lot of the pressure off just focusing on that one Spotify playlist. 
Yeah, because I mean, your chances of getting on that one Spotify playlist are honestly like pretty slim, (laughs) like right out the gate. But, you know, there's other things that you can be doing that are like the building blocks to potentially get the attention of the people that program those playlists. Right. Um, And it's like you kind of you have to put in the grunt work in order to like eventually, you know, get what whatever your main goal is. Um, On that note, and I'll I'll hop off this subject really quick, but um, the as we're recording this just last week, Spotify announced that they are accepting playlist submissions directly from the artist. Do you, do you know anything about that? Is that a hopeful thing? Uh, <laughs> it's, it sounds like they're, I mean, is anyone checking these submissions? I don't know, but I guess like the fact that like it's out there is nice. Sure, yeah. um, we don't really know what there, there's like no data yet to show yeah. like, does this work. Right. Um, but I mean, I think it's helpful because there's people that self-release music that they have no chance of really getting the attention of these people that are programming these playlists. Uh, and if you go through like a CD baby or tune court or whatever to like release your music, like mm-hmm. this is huge yeah. for them because yeah. you know, it's very possible that there is someone going through those and like something can happen for someone. Right. Um, it's totally like the, the golden ticket yeah. in, in the <laughs> Wonka right. bar, but you know, it's, yeah. it's cool that they're offering it and that it's it's a tool that people can use and hopefully it it works for some people. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I my hope is that it and I think I've hoped this for for everything is that we could exist in an industry where the cream rises to the top, you know, because I think that the songs that we work on, the records that we work on, I feel that they're good. I feel that they're important. Um, but then I get so discouraged when I think, I think this is a great record, but I don't know how to weasel my my way into some of these blogs or some of these curators. And then I get discouraged that people aren't going to hear this great music. Yeah. I mean, it's, people forget that it's the music business. There is a business to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is like, you know, you have to be connected. You have to know people. You have to be willing to go out on a limb and just like you know, sell the shit out of something that you feel really passionate about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's, I mean, it sucks. Like sometimes stuff falls under the radar, but also because music exists in places like Apple music and Spotify and Bandcamp, especially, mm-hmm. uh, or on like these smaller blogs, uh, or streaming radio or whatever, like Pete things, things get discovered whenever the person discovers it. I always like, my thing is like music is never old. Because if you're hearing it for the first time, it's new to you. Yes. Like kids are discovering like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones every single day. Right. Um, So there's always going to be something that's new to somebody else, which to me is exciting because the industry likes to put timestamps on, you know, an album that comes out and you're like, after six months, it's old. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's not, it's not old. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, especially to people who are discovering it, like it's always going to be new and you just have to find kind of creative ways of, uh, keeping it, keeping it fresh and keeping it in people's eyes. And I always, it's a, it, I always forget to, rem, to remind myself how I discover music and it's always in the most unpredictable, um, totally organic way you know a record i've been listening to for two weeks non-stop a band i've never heard of in, in my entire life and somebody that i follow on instagram who has good taste i don't even know them personally 
posted one of those Spotify stories and I liked the artwork. I clicked on it and I've been listening to it nonstop for like three weeks trying to find the vinyl, you know? So we all discover music in, in such strange ways. It's true. Yeah. And, and then I think like my four year old nephew, how is he going to discover music when <laughs> it's time for him to start discovering music? Right. And like, even just seeing like kids these days, like what they gravitate towards. Like he, he totally watches videos and listens to music on YouTube, hmm. which I'm sure like my sister has, that's how she's finding it. Right. Um, but like, is that going to be like ingrained in his music discovery? And that's like what he chooses to use. Is he going to be like, Oh, YouTube's like old and like starts, I don't know, going on some like weird random <laughs> rabbit hole message board or something. And just like, it, it's just, it's interesting. Cause like everyone it's some people don't want to do the digging and they want to have it right in front of them. They have a limited amount of time for yeah. music discovery and that's just how it is. And then there's other people that get such a kick out of just like finding these like gems yes. that are so hidden. Yes. Um, which is why I think music is great because like there's something for everybody. If you're that person or if you're just the person that like, give me a new music Friday, tell me whatever's new according to the people that program this. Like yeah. that's totally fine too. Yeah, no, that's true. Tell me about how the label first got started. Uh, I had worked in the independent music space for a while. I like tour managed a band for a couple years. Um, and then I worked at my, my best friend from high school Amy had a record label called Fiddler Records that she started okay. in the late nineties. Um, and we're from South Florida. So it focused on a lot of like bands coming out of South Florida, which okay. most people don't know about, but right. she put out newfound glory dashboard oh, wow. confessional, oh. like that were just our friends. Right. Um, wow. and then, and then they, you know, did really well for themselves. Uh, so I worked with her at the label for a good, like five or six years um, and I did marketing PR, uh, there were like three or four of us there. So like we could all bring in bands and it was like, just really hands-on, which That's was awesome. awesome. Learned a lot. And that was the early but, 2000s. Yeah, that was the early 2000s. Okay. And then I, I kind of went and focused more on like PR. I was a publicist for a good number of years. Um, and then, uh, just, I just loved the, the, like the ecosystem of a label. I loved like just being really creative and working directly with the artists and seeing them succeed and seeing things grow is just like, I get such a high off of it. Mm. Um, but working at someone else's label, it's, it's not, it's not 100% your decisions and your signings and stuff right. like that. And I just, I'd always wanted to just, start my own label and, and release music by people that I, I mean, I'm so like entrenched in the, in the indie underground developing world mm -hmm. that I just, there's so many great artists out there that I feel like are a little lost in the sauce sometimes. Right. Um, and my dad growing up, my parents were really young when they had me. So like music was always around and, uh, he's, he was going to concerts and stuff all the time. And so I just like joked with him, like, I kind of want to start a label. And he was like, that'd be cool. Like, <laughs> could I help out? Could I help out? It's <laughs> like, sure, I guess. <laughs> so we both didn't really, I mean, I kind of knew what I was doing, but yeah. like I had never manufactured something before. Right. I like had no clue how, how to do it. What's the right way of doing it. Um, 
so yeah, so we, we start, it's literally me and my dad. That's amazing. Um, and we pooled our money and put out a couple seven inches in the start because that's kind of, I felt like that was like the, the ecosystem of, um, independent labels. When we first started, there were a lot of labels that were doing seven inches and singles and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, a couple and, labels we've talked to have started that way in the, with the seven inch. Which I still love the seven inch format. I think it's awesome. I collect seven inches. Hmm. I know like it's probably not as, uh, can't sell it as well as you could before, but right. I don't think it's necessarily going anywhere. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, I mean, now it's a little harder though, because like to manufacture a seven inch is pretty much the same price as a 12 inch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little harder to sell a seven inch because you're like just trying to make your money back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was it was cool like seeing all these labels just doing all these like micro releases. It was really awesome to be around. Totally. And so what? Okay, so your dad says that he's going to come on board. Did he have a role? Like, was he like just a a supporter or or what was his role? What is his role today? I mean, he kind of let me have free reign on signing stuff, but we definitely agree on everything. Oh, that's Um, great. I mean, he has like, he listens to all kinds of music and, and is like pretty plugged in for like a guy in his (laughs) sixties. Uh, so like we, yeah, I, I kind of did all the A&R. He is, uh, much more organized and responsible than I am. So he would be in charge of paying bills and, Uh, that sort of thing, which is, I like, I can't do that on my own. So I oh use definitely very necessary. Yeah. Um, that's great. Cause I was, I was doing all the press, all the, all the production. I was like the project manager for everything. And you know, you still have to pay bills on time. And yeah. that's just something else. Like I just couldn't focus on. Yeah. And when you're, when you're one, like when it's, when you're on your own and, and it's like, you today is like, well, I'm either going to email people about this record or I'm going to do my accounting. Like it can't be both, you know, it's like, there's only so many hours and days in the year. Yeah. Especially when you're, I mean, like people that run labels 100% themselves, I have so much respect for it because I'm guaranteed they have a day job and they're doing this in their spare time. Totally. Uh, which is like, you know, the fact that you just love music that much, that this is your hobby and, and you spend your weekends and nights doing like accounting statements, yeah, like props. Oh, it's, it's great. I, I had, um, uh, one of the, the most interesting labels is three lobed that we talked to. And, uh, um, I think it's Corey who he's a full-time lawyer and he just comes home to the basement and you know, packages records and does the accounting and does spreadsheets. And I just think that's, I think that's great. And he likes that balance. That's awesome. Um, I mean, you, if you're doing it for fun, you really have to love it. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. So the label started in 2010. Is that, I read that somewhere. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That That's when our first release came out, but we, yeah. So that's what we're calling our, inception okay so you i mean it's only been eight years but already i think your label is is really well respected was there a a turning point that you can identify for the label there 
was uh, the year that we put out the Pure Bathing Culture EP, which was our first 12 inch that we did. And it was actually the only release we did that year, oh, wow. uh, which is a band I came across on Bandcamp. And I was like, I emailed them right away. <laughs> and it just so happened that they were in San Francisco like the next day because um, they used to play in a band called Vetiver. Okay. Um, and they were on tour and it, and we, I went and had breakfast with them and they were just delightful humans. And they were like, I don't know how you found our music on Bandcamp, but cool. Um, and they were just one of those bands that like, I just felt it in my gut. I was like this, I, I need to do something with you. Wow. And it, it took off. And I mean, for like, for us, like, you know, their pitchfork wrote about it. Wow. And, Gorilla versus Bear wrote about it. Like these like sites that we've been like just trying so hard to get the attention of. Wow. Um, and yeah, that, it sold really well. We've like repressed it numerous times. Unbelievable. Um, were they known? Like, were, did, did they have a fan base uh, when you talked to them or were they pretty unknown? I'm pretty sure they put the music on Bandcamp like a couple days before I messaged them. So they were completely unknown. So if you were relatively unknown and, and the band was relatively unknown, how did that groundswell happen? Was it just because of the music? Uh, well, yeah, I think it's that the music first and mm-hmm. foremost. Uh, I just like worked my ass off, to be honest. Wow. I mean, like I like I sent it to everyone I could. I talked to everyone that I could. The band worked really hard, too. I mean, this was like before Twitter. This was right. before Instagram. Right. Uh, it's just about like really knocking down the doors of people being like, no, seriously, I know you don't know me, but just stop what you're doing for like five minutes. Listen to this one song. (laughs) Um, so it was like the music was great, but I, there is a certain amount of luck in like being able to catch the attention of these, these people. Yeah, that's great. And that's such a fruitful breakfast for them. They must've been so stoked. We were all stoked. I mean, I was like, I still to this day, the fact that people are willing to give us a chance Mm. to like help share their music is still a huge thing for us because the label's really not that old. I mean, it feels like I've been doing it forever at this point, but we're still relatively unknown. Like we're still getting our shit together and growing and like people trust us enough to want to like be affiliated with us and like trust us to get their music out and like the way that they want to be represented. Like it's still, I don't take, we don't take anything for granted. Yeah. That's amazing. When, when you, when you had talked to them, where, where were they at with a record? Did they have a record they were done and they were, were they looking for a label or what stage were they at? I don't think they were looking for a label. I think they were just going to put it on Bandcamp. So, and it was, it was a four song, four or five song EP. Oh, okay. Uh, so it they had, had Sorry. Oh, it's okay. They had recorded, I think they had recorded demos with this engineer, Richard Swift, who sadly just passed away, um, not too long ago. Mm. Uh, and they were going to go and like finish it. I think they had just put like a very, like very rough demos of the, of a couple of the songs that were going to be on the EP. So it wasn't even finished. They weren't like shopping it or anything. I think they just put it on Bandcamp because they wanted to start sharing music. That's awesome. And, and so then you found that from there and then reached out to them and then they finished the record, the EP. Yep. That's amazing. Uh, this is, this is a really good segue because I, I want to talk about, you know, kind of how you, you f- find some of these bands and, and um, 
Stereo Gum said there was an article I read that the success of your label can can be attributed to your curate, uh, curatorial compass. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that right. What is that? How do I get one? I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I, I got one or if I have one. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, uh, it's not just me. Also, like okay. you know, we definitely get a lot of recommendations from artists that we've worked with, just friends of ours right. that okay. are like, I think this would be cool. You should check this out. Um, so I definitely think like surrounding ourselves in a community with people that like understand what kind of label we are and who we are and uh, what kind of artists we want to work with. Cause I definitely, people like to say like we have a sound, but I don't believe that because <laughs> if you go through our catalog, there's like, you know, there's like an indie kind of feel to it, but I don't even know what indie is anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of recommendations. I mean, I, I love Bandcamp, not going to lie. I found a lot of stuff on Bandcamp. Um, do you still search it today? Definitely still search Bandcamp and wow. see like what people, what my friends are listening to. Um, but, uh, late last year we brought on, uh, someone who is, uh, kind of helping me out with A&R, Tyler, uh, ran portals or is running portals the blog which okay. i like i'm a huge fan of and tyler just has incredible taste and we've kind of been on the same wavelength as far as like artists we like and people we're friends with and um they just have like a very similar understanding of the kinds of artists that we want to be working with um and they signed a couple new artists that we have records coming out with later this year wow um but yeah, it's definitely like a lot, a lot of recommendations. Uh, but also, I mean, there's, I get tons of recommendations that we pass on because for whatever reason, it just doesn't feel like a good fit. Do you accept like demos from your website? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. And have you signed anyone from that? We have. Oh wow. Uh, there's a band called Puppy that we did a record with a couple of years ago um, that sent us the demo their demo and i thought it was great yeah i do, don't have as much time to go through demos as i'd like right but i i don't I, I don't like the whole gatekeeper thing i don't like labels that are like no don't send us demos we'll contact you it's like <laughs> like there's there's people out there that like just want to have their music heard and whether or not you get a chance to respond back to them or whatever like i think everyone should have the opportunity to sure submit music yeah I, I find it interesting that it actually there hasn't been like one consistent way that labels have found bands aside probably from like word of mouth and and you know one band leads to another band kind of thing but it's great to hear that you know um, Trouble in Mind Records they told me that they've signed people from emails and there's you know all sorts of different um way or even the traditional way of seeing a band at a show you know has worked for people so i think that's great to hear that yeah i and i think it gives it gives artists hope that like you know if they send an email it it very well may be read and listened to you yeah um yeah. and it's not you don't have to wait for someone to seek you out you can still be like you know building yourself and working on your music and your live show and stuff and like there's people paying attention that's great you, I, I read somewhere that you work for a publicity company as well. In addition to running the label, you, you also manage bands. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I just stopped 
put a put a put a close the book on the chapter of my PR life at the end of last year. Oh, okay. Um, although I still do a lot of PR in house for our releases, right? Um, but yeah, I did PR for a good ten years. Wow. Um, I worked at a great company called Riot Act Media, who I love a lot. And they're very, very great people who just like go after whatever they like, whether it's signed, unsigned. Hmm. You have a budget, you don't have a budget, <laughs> which was my mentality of like, you know, I just want to work with people whose music I really respect. And totally. like, I don't want to, I don't want to try to sell something to someone if I don't actually like it. Yeah. Do you, do you like that? diversity or or is there one side of the of the job that you prefer um i tend to get a little bored if i'm doing the same thing all the time okay. so i i like having lots of things to work on you know some of our bands we even help book shows for we oh, okay. just booked a tour for remember sports and nadine um because neither of them have booking agents so we're like hey let's do a label tour let's put it together we'll book it um which that was my first time doing that, but it was kind of fun. Um, but then we also hire out. I mean, hiring out doesn't necessarily mean you're not still involved in whatever that job is because mm -hmm. there's still a lot of collaborating. There's still a lot of like day to day, just like making sure everyone has all the assets and stuff that they need. Right. And not, not everyone's going to have the tightest connections with everyone on the planet. So True. it is like a very team oriented thing where everyone's kind of working together on something. And, and another part of the job, and I, I love that, that thought, cause I've thought that, about that a lot too, about how running a label, it does, it allows you to do, it allows you to do accounting if that's your thing for a little bit and then listen to tracks and, and, you know, a, a, a lot of different things. I wanted to ask you about the involvement that you have on the actual music itself, because I know, you know, in the olden days when we would talk about record labels, there would be these A&R guys who would determine the track listing and they would say, you need more singles. And so I get the impression that's not really the case anymore for, for indie labels. Are you involved with, you know, what music ends up on the record or how the record sounds at all? Uh, as much as the artist wants our okay. feedback on it. But I mean, our, I like to think that we provide a platform for people mm. just to have absolute freedom, you know, like mm. you want to put this weird, like 30 minute interlude <laughs> intro on your record. And like, <laughs> I mean, sure, go for it. Yeah. If, that, if it, if it feels like something that like it speaks to you, it needs to be there. It's important to you. Okay. Let's do it. Sure. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I like, I, I'll give feedback if someone's asking for it. Right. Uh, I don't, we don't push for, unless there's something where we feel so strongly like this is not good and sure. you should rethink it, or this is really great. And maybe you should think about it a little bit more in terms of that. Cause also like, I get that artists sometimes are so close to their music that like, right they sometimes don't have like a good perspective on like what could be a good single or like, should this be the first song on the second side of the vinyl? Or, uh, is this press photo? Like, do I look dumb in it? Cause I'm just tired of looking at my face. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I, I, I like to let people have their freedom and do what they want to do. Uh, and I mean, I'll, I'll say what I think about something if someone asked me, but 
we definitely we try to like let the artists be themselves. Sure. Um, I this changing over for a sec. I, you know, uh, a couple of things I read about you was actually a couple of the articles I read was mentioned specifically how hard you work and um, which which I think is great. Is is there um, what drives you to put in so many hours into the work? Is it something you know? specific you value about hard work i i ask this because i find sometimes like lately our society has been overly concerned with burning out or that work-life balance but i also feel like that uh, a lot of people use that as an excuse not to work as hard as i think entrepreneurs probably need to be working Uh, like why do you value hard work uh i mean i guess like i've never i've never had things just come to me. I mean, I don't, I don't come from like a wealthy family. Like, you know, I had to, I had a job in high school just to like help pay for my first car. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I've just always worked hard because I especially feel like as a woman, you know, growing up when I did or anytime really, Mm -hmm. uh, you do have to work three times as hard as men to potentially get the same opportunities. Um, I was really lucky where everywhere I've worked, I've worked with friends and they also happen to be women. Hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know, I guess like for me, I've never really, I've never been, I've made all my own opportunities and the harder I work, the more I've seen things, grow and more opportunities come from that. So I think that's what kind of drives the hard work is like, I just, I want to do it all and I want to do it great. And I want to do really good by the artists that I work with. Mm. And if it means I, I mean, that's to be said that, you know, I do focus a lot on, you know, I go to therapy once a week and just try to better Mm. myself because That's we're great. all human and yeah. you are going to get burnt out yeah. or you're going to be sad or you're going to be angry or upset or frustrated. Um, and so I'm like, I'm very vocal about mental health and keeping, yeah. keeping, you know, you got to be good to yourself because you can't be good to other people if you're not good to yourself. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, as I, I also think I'm just like, I'm getting closer to 40. So like, I'm realizing like I need to, go to the gym. It feels really good to like <laughs> go on a long walk and just like clear my head. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely have gotten to the point where I've like been very close to just wanting to like throw in the towel because I yeah. think, but it's also because I think I was just like overworking myself right. and not, not realizing that like I need to take care of myself as much as, you know, how much effort and time I'm putting into the things that I'm working on. What? But, what kind of things encourages you? What, 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 what's something that would make your day? Like what kind of email or, or what things happen with the label that really, um, lift you up? I mean, honestly, when I get thank yous, thank uh, yous from, from who? From the artists that we work with. That's like, like when someone's like, thank, I thank you. I could not have done this myself or thank you for helping make this happen. Like, that's like, then we know we're doing something yeah. that's like really making an impact with somebody else. Um, I mean, that's on, honestly, whenever, and I don't get thank yous all that often, <laughs> but when I do, it's like, that's like, that's all I can ask for is like, okay, you're recognizing that like we busted our ass to do this and you're thankful for it. That's so um, good. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, money would be great. Uh, <laughs> more like, 
attention would be great. But when it comes down to it, if someone's like really stoked with how something worked out, like that feels the best. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, you, you've also been transparent about the sexism that you've experienced in the industry as well. Can you go into that a little bit and describe your experiences of sexism while running the label? Uh, I mean, you, you see it's, it's been great to see women, queer people, people of color, you know, uh, indigenous on the business side, people are at least becoming aware of it Mm. and that it is, you know, a lot of labels are run by and their staff is made up of white men. Mm. And that's kind of what this industry I feel like has always been, but that doesn't need to be how it always is. Right. Um, so it's nice that there's a conversation happening. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the conversation turns into, you know, some of these labels actually do diversify. Cause I think as important as it is to inspire artists you know, and that, and I think uh, people like the roster of, of labels, it, you're showing how diverse it is. And people are definitely like thinking more about the kinds of people that they sign and they want to work with and, yeah. uh, and, and their stories and, you know, uh, but it's also, it needs to, you need to show that on your business side too. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's great. Like, you know, I go to things and I see like, there's a lot more, women and, and people of color that are, that are, uh, working at labels, but I'd also like to see these people get inspired to like do something themselves and start something from the ground up in order to like inspire kids growing up to show them that they can do it too. And, mm. you know, there are those people, I mean, not everybody's an entrepreneur, right? but yeah. we live, we live in a, we live in a time where if you want to start something, you can just do it. You don't even really need a lot of money. So it, yeah. you can upload stuff to Spotify and Apple music. You can put stuff on Bandcamp. Um, you know, obviously you need money for advertising and marketing <laughs> and stuff like that, but to really like just to just go for it, you can do it. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to show people that that's a possibility if the label staff and the owners aren't really reflecting that there is that opportunity for people. So totally, I don't know. It's, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I, I think labels really do need to put their money where their mouth is and, and actually like give, give, uh, minorities and, and queer people and women actual like chance to shine and, show that they're just as capable, like on the business side right? as like all these fantastic artists that are finally getting, you know, the attention they deserve. Yeah. More than just sign. Yeah. Like you say, more than just signing a band, one band or a few bands, but more doing more of it behind the scenes. Yeah. And I mean, like ultimately, like I would like the label to get to the point where, you know, we maybe have some more staff Mm -hmm. or I can take some time to like, I want to inspire people in both in my community and just like everywhere to show like, you know, to, to get, show kids that there is an opportunity for them to do something that before maybe they thought like was so impossible for them to do. Right. Um, and like to go and, you know, speak uh, or like meet kids. I mean, there's like, there's so much more like outreach, like on the ground that I'd like to be able to do. Um, hmm just beyond, you know, tweeting. Yeah. Let's <laughs> do something on Instagram. Oh, I think you should. That would be great. And I, I've, and I'm not saying this just because we're recording, but 
you know, I've noticed on Twitter that there's a lot of people who look up to you, a lot of people who appreciate your voice. And um, I mean, you've been brought up by quite a few labels, um, some smaller labels and and even um, Porsche, Kill Rockstars mentioned you in our first couple of minutes. I mean, um, I think you do have that voice. I think that's really, a lot of us appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it, no one's saying it. And I can't help but be honest, you know, like, uh, I, I think, I don't think it's benefiting anyone to like, not know that like, it's hard to run an indie label. It really is. Mm. You run out of money. <laughs> uh, you get, you get back, you, you know, you're like, you, you owe people money on invoices. Yeah. Uh, you've worked so hard for a year plus on something and it doesn't take off the way that you were expecting and you're in the hole. Uh, right. it's like, if we, if we keep putting this like shine on like a label is like, you just, you get signed and you get money and then everything's perfect. It's like, it's not reality. That's not how it really is. And I think like our artists then have like a different sense of respect for us because they do realize like we are working fucking hard and <laughs> we are putting our own money and time and energy into this. And, and you know, it's not just like something that's going to be served to you on like a platter. Right. Uh, it just, it changes everyone's kind of dynamic and like how they like approach, you know, working together on projects and records and stuff. You said that, um, you know, you would encourage people to st- that, sorry, you said that people can start labels today. Do you, um, did you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Did you f- feel growing up that you had that entrepreneurial spirit? Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur today? Mm, no. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not very good at the business part of it. I'll be honest. I'm like, you have to be good at running a business to be, well, I guess you can, I, you could be an entrepreneur. Am I a, a good one? I don't necessarily know about that. Okay. Uh, uh, but <laughs> I, I like the, I like the creative part of running a label and I, but I also, uh, you know, th- then, then there's the business side. So you have to find somebody right. or if you do it yourself that like you can collaborate with where like all of your bases are covered and you know, you're working towards something. But, um, I mean, like, like I, it just, I'm just doing what feels like what I should be doing. It just mm. feels right. Yeah. I never like went into it thinking like, I'm going to start a label and <laughs> by year three, we're going to have hit $300,000 revenue, whatever. Yeah, like, no, it's true. I yeah. I don't think about that, but also maybe that's like kind of biting me in the ass because I, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> well, I would, I would think that if like, if someone is this complete pure entrepreneur, I just feel like a record label would be the furthest thing from what they would do. <laughs> yeah. If your idea of like entrepreneurism is like making money or being successful and like buying like a mansion or a mm. boat or something, this is definitely not, you're in the wrong business. Right. I, I feel like one of the, one of the parts of an entrepreneurial spirit, however, is creating things and creating something from nothing and helping, um, helping everybody involved who's creating that. So I, I find great pleasure in, in working with the bands who are, are great musicians and great artists. Um, but it kind of ends there. And so even just helping them say, you know, these tracks are great. This is good enough. You know, this, this is 10 songs. This is a record. People need to hear this and trying to be that conduit between the, the listener and the artist. Um, I do find that um, it's entrepreneurialism is sort of, you know, a, almost a synonym for a creative. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I guess it's, a, I mean, you're, you're, you want to create something that there, that there's like a void of, and that's, that's, you know, Apple started because they wanted to create this d- computer that doesn't exist already. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's a little harder to be an entrepreneur in music unless like you really do have like a focus on we're trying to do something that nobody else is doing. Right. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you're just another record label. And unless, you know, you have money that you can compete with another label to offer people, it's like, okay, what's what's your what what's how are you different from everybody else? Mm. Um, But I guess that's like why streaming is was so like mind-blowing is because it created something that d- didn't exist before yeah uh yeah. it changes changes the whole trajectory of the, of the music business and it snuck up so fast yeah, it snuck up so fast <laughs> and now it's everywhere <laughs> do you think that uh, you kind of answered this uh, earlier on do you think people should start a record label if, if, if somebody was had an idea to start a record label out of their dorm room would you encourage them 100 percent, yeah why uh, I mean, if you really love music that much that you want to, you know, put your blood, sweat, tears and money into somebody to see them succeed, like the artist will always be there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So, right. so why not? You right. know, if you really believe in somebody, why not? Worst case, worst thing that happens is like you had a great experience. You lost some money. You're a little tired. You don't want to do it again. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think the music industry needs people like that Mm. we need people that that are going to help put shine a spotlight on on music and uh artists that are not the first song on a playlist Mm. you know there's still such a demand for people creating that groundswell from the start that like i mean it would be it would be really sad if like people just stopped you know wanting to to help these artists. Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's, I think it's, it's, uh, it brings a lot to like our culture for sure. That's a great point. And I, and actually, I, as you were saying that, I was kind of thinking about how the, there's various different roles in the industry. And I think of people that I know who have started record stores and they are great people. And I am just so happy that they are improving our community by, by adding more record stores and they're helping our, the industry in a way and um the same with you know photographers and and recording engineers and mastering engineers um it is it is kind of elevating the whole yeah i mean if you think about it like you know we can't as a label we can't do anything if there are people that are engineering records yeah Mm -hmm. uh so we really like i want to make sure kids are like still interested in production and engineering yeah uh, because i what i do doesn't exist without them yeah um i want you know like making just have kids having access to instruments and music and and music classes and stuff like that totally yeah to not only just as hobbies but also if they want to make it their job i mean there's stranger jobs out there. Um, but they'll never know if it's not, if it's not something that they're being taught or, uh, seeing that like the potential's there for, for them. It's like, you know, uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think like everything that we do that everybody does in the industry, I think is important and, and supporting one another and, and showing that there's opportunities in those fields is like, uh, 
we all we all kind of need to support one another because we're all kind of keeping each other in business. Yeah. Well, you know, I and I I don't want to take any more of your time, but I when I was going through um, some articles and some interviews that you've done last night and 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 some of the podcasts, I. I was just kind of trying to figure out why. Why are, why are you so open to, to give up what you know? And I think you answered that question, but it, I think it's so great when people like you take the time to, to, talk, to talk to me and talk to, to, to people who are listening who um, want to start a label, who are, have run a label for, for maybe they've run a label for eight years and they're not where you're at and are discouraged. But um, I think it's I think it's great for the whole thing for you to be so open with with your experiences and with your wisdom. Nice. So thank you. <laughs> I'll send well, you an thank, email and say thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you just uh, saying it is like way better than an email. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's 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 like I feel like there's so much competition when it comes to labels and people that work mm. at labels that like we forget like we're all doing the same thing and we're probably like miserable half of the time and we're just feeling like defeated and like, it's okay to just be a human being and say like, yo, I know we might be going after the same band, but like, I really appreciate what you do. And like, I kind of like that. Like you're, we're like, you know, competitive peers, like, uh, people, this industry, sometimes people forget that they're dealing with like human beings. And I mean, I, I definitely have my faults. But I try really hard to just be like a person that's like there for other people and uh, there for myself, there for artists, other people that run other labels. Because it's like it really it's a hard job. Most of the time you're not even making your money back. You're Mm. just doing it out of the goodness of your heart because you want these artists to be heard. Mm. And sometimes it's a real thankless job and no one else is going to understand that aside from like other people that run labels. So I think it's important to like to have that community and have that conversation and like be there as fellow humans to one another. Thanks so much for doing this. It's yeah. Thanks for asking me. I'm sorry it took so long for me to answer your email, but we made it happen. We made it happen. Thank you for listening. Check out father daughter records at father daughter records.com or father daughter records.bandcamp.com. Um, check out their 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 records buy a record buy a tape um they just are releasing a book which is really cool check that out follow them on twitter follow jesse on twitter um she's a valuable asset to follow on twitter um and you can follow us on twitter and and um and get in touch with us at other songs uh, on twitter please subscribe to the podcast and thanks again for listening